This is Watching With No Eyes, a film podcast where we give our subjective opinions on various movies. Now I know what you're thinking. You blind genius, what an original concept. And to you I say, thanks, I came over it myself. Here's the music. Welcome back to our ranking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Our previous episode was obviously phase one, so now we are on to phase two. And uh, rejoining me is Yvonne Carson and Ian Sperry. Thanks again for joining me, you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, we'll start after... Uh, the Avengers, end of phase one. We had Iron Man 3 completing that character's trilogy. Came out in 2013. Uh, like the Avengers, it also uh, crossed a billion dollars worldwide, becoming the MCU's second film to do so. Uh, directed by Shane Black, who also co wrote it with. Drew Pierce. We'll see Robert Downey Jr. returns, Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, uh, John Favreau, even though he's not directing, um, returns as Happy Hogan. Uh, and then we have Sir Ben Kingsley playing the Mandarin, in quotes, uh, and Guy Pierce playing. Uh, Killian. Uh, so, shall we start with you, Yvonne? Like your thoughts on this film? Yeah, uh, I've quite quite a lot of thoughts on this film because I think it's a really good film. Uh, sort of like the film that made me finally kind of like Iron Man a little bit. Right. Not that I hated him, obviously, but you know, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't my favorite. Sure. Um. And it's, I don't know, just, I find it so fun that it, it plays so well in the previous Avengers film, because it's obviously the one that comes right after. Yep. Uh, and it's just sending back to it and creating even further this um, dietetic world where the films are just sort of connected and seem to be sort of just individual windows into this fantastic Marvel world. Um. I don't know, just on top of that, there's just some really interesting themes, like with PTSD, uh, within um, Tony, which uh, I love the most because usually you would um, get this from a character who maybe has had more military background, um, but yeah. now you're sort of, you know, you're sort of getting it from someone that hasn't, showing that PTSD doesn't just have to be military. It can be, you know, anyone can get it. Uh, yeah, and then you have the characters. Um, you know, Pepper and Tony's relationship is so cute in this film. <laughs> um, with the support um, that Pepper is giving Tony, and it's just, oh, no, I just love this film. No, that's... Fair enough. Uh, no, it's interesting you say about the uh, military thing, because funny enough, I guess, when it comes to uh, another Marvel property, 
you get that with uh, the Punisher on in the Netflix series. Yeah. So yeah. it's the PTSD element. Uh, with that, uh, before I say any more, uh, Yain, what's your thoughts on this film? Um, I <clears throat> this is where I think I'm both going to agree and disagree with Yvonne on the same kind of breath. <laughs> I really liked the PTSD element. I liked the relationship elements. And um, when I initially watched this film uh, a while ago, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, however, watching it again, I think all the characters were had a purpose. They all were kind of there for a reason and done quite well. The problem I found with this film, personally, is it's a really fun sort of thrill ride of a movie with good elements of seriousness thrown in. Um, but I just found the plot kind of lost me. Whether that was me just watching it and trying to keep track and being a bit dumb or or not. I do like the fact, though, that um, Aldrich Gillian, I think I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. was motivated again by Tony's past. As he seems to a lot of villains that way. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that. I do like that obviously we'll be getting the Mandarin more fleshed out properly and more inspired throughout uh, things like Shang-Chi. Yes. But yeah, I just found I find that film fun and quite thrilling, but difficult to follow plot wise. I don't know whether that's just me. No, no, I know what you mean. It's like it starts off sort of. Uh, I can't. I can't even explain it, to be honest. It's, it's, it's sort of a bit vague, and then kind of halfway through, you get a plot because of what happens with Happy. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's how I felt a bit. Like it wasn't that strong of a plot. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, when it comes to the plot, I really do enjoy, as you sort of said, everyone. I really do enjoy the PTSD element. Uh, you know, with Tony, I think. Um, I think it's a very good scene, you know, that um, when uh, him and Rhodey are um, at the bar. If I remember correctly, it's like they're in a bar. Um, yeah. You know, Tony's giving uh, Rhodey Jip about the Iron Patriot. Uh, and, you know, that, that kid uh, starts asking stark questions and, you know, he just freaks out and, like, goes into an armor that's outside. Um, you know, he thinks he's been poisoned. So I think yeah. it's actually his first panic attack, I think, in the film, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I think uh, Jarvis you know, basically diagnosing him and him being yes. quite short. Yeah, exactly. And I know I just really enjoy it, and I think um, I think it does well showing the human side of Tony, uh, oh. delving into that more. Um, Sorry. Which sort of... It's weird because it, it's why when people ask me, because you know, uh, I am a fan of both Marvel and DC. You know, it is possible to like them both. Okay. Uh, uh, however, if people do push me on which I prefer, I do. I do often say Marvel, uh, and one of my uh, main reasons I give is, um, I think it's something I heard someone say before. So I will not claim to, uh, you know, have created this phrase. But where so DC are more, they do gods uh, with human traits. Marvel do humans with 
God traits. And I think I've always, I, I, I go more towards that. And I think this film really does demonstrate it because, you know, Tony, you know, is a human at the end of the day. You know, his when he puts the armor on, it gives him those godlike abilities in comparison to the rest of the world. Um, and I think we really do delve into, you know, his psyche and, you know, the human, you know, the mistakes he's made in the past that, you know, come back to bite him. Um, you know, his ways of trying to protect Pepper. Uh, but you obviously have that scene as well where he's having a nightmare and Pepper tries to see to him and, you know, one of his armors, you know, grabs her. Um, yeah. Which I think is done as a quite good, effective. I mean, I'm not the horror expert here, so you can tell me if I'm wrong, Yvonne, but I'd say it's done as quite a good jump scare. Yeah, it does. When that happens, it's quite effective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I will say as a whole, I do think I prefer it to Iron Man 2. I still don't think it's the strongest in the trilogy. I do think I prefer the first one. But I, uh, I don't know, I just, I like, um, yeah, I, I'm repeating myself, I think, at this point. I do like that, you know, the humanity aspects. Uh, and the Mandarin, I guess, fake out, uh, we can call it, I don't mind, I think, overall. I think I, I wasn't a fan of it when I first watched it in the cinema. I do I do know that. Um, but after re-watching it multiple times since, I think, and again, I've, I'm very conscious saying this um, as uh, free white people, um, but, you know, especially back in the day, I think the Mandarin very much has a racial connotation to the character. Um, and in a weird way, it makes sense, especially in America, but even in any of the Western world, I'd say, um, for a villain to use, you know, I guess a sort of terrorist stereotype as the face of his crimes and it's to very cover his tracks. It's a very good tactical move. Yeah. And that's where I didn't mind it. And I have to say, um, the blow was also lessened by one that sh- it, I don't know if they are, I don't know if they're officially canon, I have to say, in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But, you know, they had that short uh, where Trevor, I can't remember his last name, uh, Ben Kingsley's character, you know, is found in jail uh, by a, a representative of the real Mandarin who tells him, you know, that his, the boss isn't happy. At, you know him slandering his name, and then uh, the blow was lessened even more when, as you alluded to, Yian, it came out that we were getting the Mandarin properly in uh, the Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, which is due to come out. Uh, I believe it's later this year at the moment. Uh, at the time of recording, twenty twenty one. So yeah. Uh, I don't know, do, we, do any of you have anything else to say on this film? No, not really. No. Right. Do you have any thoughts on the Mandarin reveal, I guess, before we move on? Because that is probably the 
I think it's fair to say it's probably the biggest point of contention from this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was well done. Like it made me laugh a little bit when it was just a normal guy acting. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. I think it was it was interesting, and it was sort of like. You know, like Yayan said earlier as well, you know, you have that the real villain actually being made by the hero um, instead. And, yeah, I just, I, I like it. I like it. Sure. Also, I think, um, no, it, it's, yeah, it's done very well with it, I think. Uh, I, I remember it being said by a lot of people. Apparently, it's a very uh, Shane Black uh, orientated thing apparently very uh similar to stuff he's done in the you know his kind of humor but uh i can't really comment on that because i don't know about you two i've never watched a uh another shane black film yeah we I, yeah shall we um rank give our rankings of this then um to uh remind people uh we have five tiers going from Top to bottom, it's superior, amazing, friendly, venomous, and carnage. Uh, so, sure, we'll come to you first, Yain. Okay. Um, I think I've got to put this one in friendly, because as I say, it's still a good film, and it's still, what it tried to do was done well. Uh, the Mandarin reveal was still comical. Yeah, as I say, I lost the plot part way through, so maybe that's just me being dumb. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Uh, Yvonne? Well, I'm going to... I want to put it in superior, just because I, I just love this film. I, I'm like, I completely agree with the plot, like it's a bit of... But um, I just love it. <laughs> fair enough. Um... I think I would overall agree with Yayan for friendly. So I guess due to majority there, we'll stick it in friendly. Okay. Sorry, Yvonne. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I guess uh, with that, we'll move on to four, T-H-O-R, The Dark World. Uh which uh, came out uh, later the same year, in 2013. Obviously the sequel uh, to the first movie from Phase 1. You've got Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Anthony Hopkins, Natalie Portman, um, amongst others, all returning. Uh, I suppose uh, the main uh, addition is uh, Christopher Eccleston, played uh, the Ninth Doctor in Doctor Who, uh, starring as uh, Malekith, the villain of the film. Uh, it's directed by Alan Taylor, who I think prior to that was uh, best known for s- work on some Game of Thrones episodes. Uh, it's written by... I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly. I've, I'm just going to say how my uh, screen reader said it. Uh, Christopher Yost uh, and uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely also uh, known for the uh, Captain America trilogy 
And a fun fact about this film is the first, uh, you know, where we get the, uh, I guess, now famous uh, intro for Marvel Studios with the, uh, you know, the, the theme. Uh, you know, this is where the deal with Paramount distributing the films uh, had expired. But, uh, Yai, what would you uh, say when it comes to your views on this film? Um, I think I'd say I, it's enjoyable, a lot more enjoyable than I haven't watched this in a while because I think I will fully hold my hands up. When it first came out, I sort of gave in to reviewers' points of view. A lot of people seem to review this film and say it was really horrible. Or at least the reviewers I managed to see on YouTube or anywhere else at the time. So I kind of, I kind of allowed myself to be influenced by that. But having now rewatched it, I think it's an enjoyable film. Um, Ashley Portman returns as Jane Foster, and that's done well. Um, the intern situation with both of the interns is just really funny, and the, the whole thing with obviously the ether being in it, and I think that that's is a good plot. Tom Hiddleston and Christopher Christopher no, saying the wrong word. And Eccleston. Uh, but yeah, so Tom Hiddleston, uh, Chris Hemsworth, and Christopher Eccleston um, did really well in their roles. I think I would agree with the stereotype that I've heard a lot of viewers throw around that the MCU has a kind of villain problem because I kind of didn't. I, I understood mean, the motivation, but it was kind of a. I think this film is definitely, I think, the strongest case for it. I'd say, you know, Malekith yeah. is very underserved in the film. Mm. But, yeah, as, I, as you say, underserved villain, but I think it was an enjoyable film otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yvonne, what's your thoughts? I think this is, um, I think this is an all right film. Uh, I'll admit that I don't remember the first time I watched it. Um, it's it's got something in his narrative that is just not. It doesn't feel too interesting to me, at least. Um, and I think that what makes me want to watch it is just the characters and not the narrative itself. Sure. All I really feel I care about yeah. is. Is seeing more of, of Asgard and uh, of that world and of um, Thor and Loki and the dynamics between all the characters. That's kind of all I care about in the film. Sure. Um, there maybe there's some tension at the end, like oh, is Thor gonna win? But at the same time, it's like we all know he is, and it isn't really done that well. Like you care. Um. And I think that comes from the whole thing that you guys just discussed with Malekith. Like, we understand why he's doing this because we got a little bit of exposition, but it doesn't feel that well done. I would have wanted a bit more 
especially because I feel like Marvel sometimes thinks that it's not interesting to explore the darker side or the evil side, but it actually really is for audiences. And we need to just calm down a bit with the heroes sometimes and show a bit more of the villains as well. That's fair. Um, Yeah, like you talk about the dynamic between the characters. I mean, for me, that's why this film is easily rewatchable for me is, you know, the uh, brother, the dynamic between Loki and Thor, you know, I I really enjoy, and uh, you have obviously a great cameo with uh, Chris Evans as Cap uh, when yeah. Loki turns into him. Uh, you know, also I think it's got uh, a very good scene as well with um, you know uh, Frigga uh, dying. Uh, oh that. The, the funeral as well is uh, very, uh, yeah. I think, is uh, very touching. Uh, it's a great score, actually, I'd say, mm. uh, like, really? on that particular part. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I mean, I mean, I'd agree that I don't, you know, it's not the strongest of stories. I think it may be fair to say that Marcus and McFeely, McFeely do better with uh, Cap, uh, which I think they have said themselves that, you know, they prefer the uh, human aspect um, of uh, the Cap character. But, uh, I mean, but we'll get more into that um, later. But yeah, I, I, I don't really think there's anything else I can add to it. I'll see uh, the Ether being introduced as the uh, third Infinity Stone uh, in the MCU at this point. Obviously, the... Um, Tesseract was introduced in this film first in the, the predecessor to uh, the Dark World. Uh, and the Mind Stone was obviously uh, in Avengers. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I don't really think there's uh, much else to add unless, unless if people have more to say. Do you review have uh, more to say on the film? I don't think so, no. I mean, I think that also shows that maybe it's not the best war film that we talk about too much to discuss. Yeah, um, um, I was thinking that too, yeah, very much so. Uh, obviously, um, I suppose I should mention, I realise I'll go slightly backwards with Iron Man 3, obviously you get the post the post credit scene with Bruce Banner, this film's post credit scene, there are two, but I'd say it's main one. You know, it's uh, the sort of introduction, slight introduction into the world we'll be getting in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, with the Collector. That's true. Um, but yeah, I think um, this film did make, if I remember correctly, it did make more money than the first, but I think. Like Iron Man 3, it's still riding the high from the Avengers. Um, And yeah, it didn't make as much money as Iron Man 3, has to be said. So, yeah, like you said, I think we should probably... um, I guess one thing, actually, one thing I was going to mention, I will save for the next film because it's uh, relevant to uh, both. 
so Yvonne, do you want to give your ranking first? Um, I think I've put it in friendly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'd put it in friendly as well because there's just one thing that does boost this scene, this, this scene, this film a lot. Is there are some quotable scenes, but I think about like the, um, the. Is it, is, you just decapitated your grandfather. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! You just decapitated your grandfather, and just the whole scene was like, oh, it's brilliant, Paul. Brilliant. Um, is get help in this one, or have I got the wrong film? <laughs> Sorry. It is get help. They do the get help scene in this film, right? Or is that Ragnarok? No, that's right. That is in Ragnarok. Yeah, that's in Ragnarok. Oh, I must have seen a clip of it before I watched the film. So I must have seen that, seen it itself before. But I just think it's done. Their dynamic has done quite well, and and the effects and the action is still good. So yeah, definitely friendly. Okay, um, I'd agree with that. I mean, I've seen you've both said friendly. Uh, I guess uh, for the record, I would have it below Iron Man three. Uh, but yeah. I'd agree in friendly, but I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, so we move on to 2014. Uh, once again, we uh, get uh, two films released, but the first is Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Obviously, uh, new directors with uh, the Russo brothers, Joe and uh, I don't know if it's Anthony or Anthony. I don't know. I, I think yeah. Anthony. I think Anthony. Um, Marcus and McFeely uh, returned to write it like they did for the first Avenger. And I'll see uh, Chris Evans uh, reprising his role. Uh, Samuel Jackson and Scarlett Johansson are in this one, obviously, as uh, Nick Fury and Black Widow, respectively. You get Anthony Mackie joining uh, the cast uh, as Falcon. Uh, and Robert Redford as uh, Alexander Pierce, and there are other names as well, but we, I'm sure we'll get to those. Uh, I know I came to you first for the uh, for the Dark World, but as I said with the first Avenger, I think it would be uh, remiss of me to uh, not come to you first, Yvonne, for a Captain America film. Hey, yes. <laughs> other than screaming superior over and over again. What else do you have to say on the film? <laughs> no, um, I think it's good. <laughs> no, it's just sort of, um, I like it because it's, it's um, delving a little deeper into the character and getting to see him struggling, living in a new time, um, making friends based on shared struggles, um, having some, some PTSD tendencies as well uh, but it's not yeah. that much in the forefront as with Tony yep. um, and then you know it's also playing with the relationship between Steve and Bucky and finding him being back um, and sort of what I like about Captain America too and he's such a big character was not just and quite literally too <laughs> dropped from the sky and forgotten um, it's just you know he he comes back and yeah, I don't know. It's just, ugh, I just love it. 
Yeah. What What about the uh, you know the whole reveal of uh, Hydra basically being a parasite within Shield? Yeah, I thought that was really, I thought that was really interesting. And I remember when I watched it in the time, and I still feel that way now. Uh, you know, it's um, fun. It's maybe not the right word, but it's fun because it plays on this um, anxiety that we have in society as well. You know, with all the um, conspiracy theories of that we can't trust the higher ups and that there's corruption everywhere. Sure. Um, it it's fun to see that being played uh, played with. Yeah, it's a good setup. Really, now you know in hindsight for um, the side cap will be on in Civil War. Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, but he still, I guess, he doesn't change as a again. It's it links to uh, what you and. Uh, you know, Yain and I said, I guess, with um, the first adventure that, you know, his, him as, he doesn't, as a person, he doesn't change. Yeah. You know, yeah. he always, you know, keeps himself, you know, morally grounded, I guess, would be the Yeah, he stays, he stays true to what he believes in and what he wants from the world. Yeah. Are, are you a fan of the dynamic between um, uh, Cap and Widow? Um, I think it's okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a fan. I mean, uh, people started shipping them after this film. Um, Who I doesn't can... when it comes to a couple, I feel like, of people? Uh, yeah. There's always shipping, isn't there? It... There's always. But I didn't, I didn't feel it was romantic at all. No, I don't think it was ever meant to be. I think it is Definitely just meant not. to be friends. Um, yeah. And I think it's helped by the fact that, from what I understand anyway, like Scarlett Johansson and um, Chris Evans are, you know, pretty good friends in real life because they, you know, met very early on in their respective careers. And I think that definitely helps. Definitely. And um, it's just, you can you can tell that in a film, yeah. And I think they build up the friendship really well throughout this film with with uh, Nat staying by Steve's side and them supporting each other. Yeah. Which then sort of, um, I guess, is, again, uh, does quite well for Civil War. I know we're not here to rank that film, but obviously Nat, uh, with Widow taking the other side. But anyway, to obviously stay focused on this film. Um, Yaya, what's your thoughts? Um... There's just so much there's just so much to like about this film and so much to talk about but we could be here for like two hours I think if we were genuinely delving into it. But I think that it um it genuinely helps by playing on something that if you found it in a in a grounded real world then the government would have these problems and that how far is too far, you know superhuman threats to go and you can kind of see what Hydra's big reveal plan was and how they managed to pull it off because you can kind of imagine it happening because the film keeps itself grounded and that's that's well um, and you just I like Robert Redford's character very much I like that they 
gave him a relationship with Nick Fury that was a bit more personal than than others we've seen up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the main character. And i just like to say um, the fact that it talked about uh, wartime scientists coming over and being being an asset because I'm sure you know if they had the technology back then they had so much if this was anything as grounded as it was then it would have it felt like one of the most human films in the MCU consistently I think the best you can say about this obviously you see the the antithesis of human heroism and activism, I suppose, in Cap as well, because you, his morals no matter what don't change, even though he knows that, say, Peggy was involved in founding S.H.I.E.L.D. when he realises how corrupt it's become without her influence and other people's stable influence. He doesn't even hesitate in saying, I have to get rid of this military family link and just deal with whatever comes next. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said. Uh, are you a fan of the um, Bucky as Winter Soldier reveal? I'm very aware that, like me, I and you uh, probably already knew. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Yvonne, did, was it something you knew before watching the film? I did not know. No. So I guess should I, you're the perfect um, case study then. Was it an effective reveal to you? Yes. <laughs> I remember I, I, I audibly gasped when I when I saw it. Mm. But like I said, it's, it's, this is what I absolutely love about Captain America films because you keep bringing back the characters that are important to Steve, sure. even if it's in a bad way. <laughs> but, you know. No, that's fair. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're not alone. There was, I remember being in the cinema because I watched this film two or three times uh, in the cinema. And uh, yeah, there were always people who clearly were not aware of uh, the comic book history, which is fair enough. Wouldn't expect everyone to. Who, yeah, just were completely taken aback. And I think they did very well. Because um, I know he's obviously he's wearing um, the sunglasses and the uh, sort of gas mask thing but I suppose you know obviously he has his metal arm which is always the case with the Winter Soldier character but the longer hair probably helped as well with disguising who it was yeah I just I think it's done very well um, and to so it's the other thing I was going to mention because I sort of uh, uh, said I would uh, when I was going to mention something during the Dark World Nick Fury, the uh, obviously the car chase scene, which I think is it's a great car chase. Don't know what you guys think. It's great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you a fan of it, Yo? Oh yeah, I think like it just it works and it plays on Samuel Jackson's strength as well. Yeah, but basically with his, I guess, uh, fake out death, um, which is what happens with Loki in the Dark World. I suppose I'm curious to get uh, you guys, um, you know, take on if this bothers you, because I know there are some people, you know, with uh, you know, YouTubers I've watched and you know, or you know, generally people I've spoken to, who, you know, they say it 
takes them out of the film and to them there's no stakes in a Marvel film because the characters, you know, quote, never die. But, um, yeah, what's uh, your thought on that? Uh, sure, Yvonne, uh, you go first. I didn't think, I don't, it didn't bother me at least because... No. I don't know, it's it's Nick Fury. I mean, he has he has ways. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I, I I was surprised to see him again because I honestly did think that he was dead the first time I saw him. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw the film. But I don't know. It's Nick Fury. Why would he not have had a way to get out of there? Sure, and I would say the same about Loki as well. With that example, yeah. even more so. And before. You say your thoughts on your own, I suppose, because um, you may have a similar um, mindset to me. Where I know, I know, obviously, you know, different forms of media are going to contrast. But I guess as it's comic books, there's a part of me that's there, like I don't mind. Really, it doesn't, and it definitely doesn't. You know, take away from the stakes. There are, in my mind, there there are f- movies coming up in phase three for example a special um, big example which we'll get to in future episodes where you know i don't think it took away from the stakes at all you know Mm. i don't i don't know what your thought is um sorry um i think it took away from the stakes at all i can kind of see some youtubers points when it comes to they lingered over the death quite a bit. I think there was like three mini scenes where they where they lingered on it and definitely wanted you to mean, think that he was definitely dead. And that annoyed them, but to be honest with you, it, it's comic books. They they work on making you think that a character can't come back and then some fantastical way they come back on I mean I think everyone not everyone reads comic books. So I get that it would annoy more people uh, others more than it would me. But but yeah, I kind of didn't expect it to be the case. And also, it's Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, come on. <laughs> sure. Uh, as before we do our rankings, even though I think it's fair to say that it might be a foregone conclusion, uh, you sort of touched upon it, uh, Yvonne, but I did just want to sort of uh, reiterate that I'm uh, a big fan of the uh, relationship formed between uh, Steve and Sam. Uh, oh, yeah. especially the opening scene, you know, the whole on your left, yeah. um, you know, while Cap's just overlapping him constantly. <laughs> and even like, you know, that line's just there, like, you know, now I'm going to arrest you. You take another lap. You know, did you just took it? I, I, I'm sure you just took it. <laughs> just yes. like that kind of, that whole thing. Uh, I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously, Yvonne, superior. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yarn? Yeah, I have to put this in superior. Okay. I uh, echo those sentiments. And even if I didn't, it would obviously be in there for the majority. But no, clean sweep. So later in 2014, we have our first, in a while anyway, um, you know, not a sequel. Uh, and it is a team-up movie, obviously, with uh, Guy and Zagaxi, uh, 
written and directed by James Gunn. I see of uh, Chris Pratt, Star Lord, Zoe Saldana as Gamora, uh, Dave Bautista as Drax, Bradley Cooper voicing Rocket, and Vin Diesel uh, doing the mocap and the voice of Groot, which always seems ridiculous to me because he seems such a big name to do something like that. Uh, and then you also have uh, uh, Karen Gillan as uh, Nebula, amongst others. Yayan, um, we'll come to you first. So I'll see you start with Yvonne previously. What's your thoughts on this film? Um, well, initially I thought it was funny, but it tried too hard to be funny. Then I rewatched it several times in different scenarios. I just think that it's it just works. It shouldn't work. <laughs> it shouldn't work because it's a talking raccoon with a load of guns and a standing tree. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I just love the whole thing with Drax, this whole non no context, completely liberal culture. Yeah. Um like I'm I'm drawn to the example of the only other example I've seen of this that's worked a lot differently and in my in in my opinion didn't do it as well was like Rick and Morty, where they have one episode where there's a completely literal culture. If you say one word, they just know what you mean, and then it just gets completely twisted. Um, so they kind of... But it works so much better. It's like, hmm, I'm too fast. I will catch it. Or nothing goes over my head. Yes, <laughs> it's like, that one, yeah. God. <laughs> um, no, I agree. It's done, it's done very well. The funny thing was, I remember seeing an article much later after the fact of... Um, I think it was Amanda Seyfried, the girl from Mamma Mia, saying she would never play Gamora when she was offered the part because no one wanted to see a movie about a talking raccoon. And I kind of understand that sentiment because my brain, having not read any of the Guardians of the Galaxy when I first watched it, I was like, what on earth did I just watch? And there's a raccoon holding a gun, there's a tree that can only say three words. This doesn't make sense, but it's hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Yvonne? I completely agree with that. <laughs> the thing that it, it shouldn't make sense, or it shouldn't work, but it works. Sure. And I love that we as an audience get that, just, just, which is the exact same thing as happens with this team. Like, those characters together shouldn't work, and yet they do. <laughs> um. And it's just a really fun, really funny film. And uh, I remember watching it and I thought it was really pretty because um, the space films that I was used to were sort of just like alien, um, you know, a bit more dark, sure, gritty stuff. Well, Star Trek maybe isn't that dark and gritty, but it's not. Like that, not like it's vibrant. Yeah, exactly. As humoristic and vibrant, um, and I just loved it. And I, it's definitely one of those films that's just a comfort film to just go and watch to to feel a bit better. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's helped as well that I know in my mind that like, all the roles are cast pretty spot on. 
especially with the main, you know, mm-hmm. the, with the, with the team itself. Like I was Chris Pratt, Star Lord, Zoe Saldana does a great job. You know, you mentioned um, obviously he they're all written very well, but uh, you know, uh, Batista as Drax, fantastic again. Um, and I will say as well as a you know, I'm a pro wrestling fan. You know, especially a uh, big WWE fan growing up. So to see um, another uh, former wrestler uh, succeed uh, is always uh, nice. Um, and I remember when it was announced, because this was around the time, actually, I think it's because of the Guardians of the Galaxy film being announced that I started watching more movie news stuff and looking into the reports and who was cast for stuff. And when Bradley Cooper was announced to voice Rocket Raccoon, I was there like, that seemed way too big of a name for, you know, to do this. But he's really good. Yeah. Like, really good. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I just, I, I love this film. It's uh, helped as well by the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. It's, it's great stuff. I have pretty much all the songs on my, on Spotify. Uh, and uh, like you know, Karen Gillan's great as Nebula. Didn't mention her. This is our um, again the main villain in the film. Lee Pace as um, uh, Ronan the Accuser is arguably a bit underselled. Not yeah. as bad as Malekith. Um but you know, I think when it came to the villains, I think there is more focus on Nebula. I guess it's because she's Gamora's sister. But you even have, arguably, there's even more focus on Thanos, who's only in it for one scene. Yeah. Um, obviously played by Josh Brolin for the first time. Also, you, of course, have um, Michael Rooker uh, as Yandu, which is a fun role. Uh, mm. Done very well. Uh, I will say, like, I was generally... Um, Slightly uh, uh, taken aback by the beginning of the film, though. Uh, oh. As in, it's very, especially when you compare it to the rest of the film, and I think, in a way, this is to James Gunn's credit, uh, you know, it's a very depressing beginning. Obviously, with uh, Star Lord's uh, mum uh, dying from cancer. Oh, I see, yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. I will say, um, I do a story with, uh, won't name names, but um, my mate and I uh, went once, I think this was like the second time I'd seen it, I think it was the second time he'd seen it as well, but we went with his girlfriend at the time, uh, so yeah, I was third wheeling, kind of, uh, but they invited me along, so their fault, not mine, um, but uh, she'd actually, I don't know why, it just didn't occur to us at all until the film start and we started and we both looked at each other. She was sat in between us. Her mum had died recently from cancer and it was just there. Like my stomach just dropped (laughs) as soon as the, like, you know, it was, it was the, it was one of those sort of slow motion in my head. Just there, like, Oh, you know, S H I T. (laughs) Just total train wreck. She was fine. No, she, thankfully she was fine. Um, you know, snuggled into uh, Rich, I think, a bit more to comfort her. 
in the scene itself, but once we were past it, she was fine. And it, she didn't end up she wasn't she didn't end up like crying or anything from it. Not this isn't me saying she would have been wrong to if she had. Um but yeah, it was um I remember I always remember that. It is a very heavy beginning. Mm. Oh yeah. Very much so. Um so again, um uh, I get the impression this might be a foregone conclusion, but I'll ask uh, Yain, what's uh, your ranking of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, right, I think that just... Well, I've gushed about this now, so I won't. Starting <laughs> again. But I think I've got to put it in superior. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, yourself, Yvonne? Yeah, I think... I think I agree with that, yeah, superior, because it's such a good film. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree. Um, I guess uh, for the record, though, um, as they're in the same right now. Actually, no. We'll leave that. We'll leave that to the end. Actually, we'll leave it to the end. Um, so, um, keep people hooked. Uh, <laughs> but no. Uh, so I'll see. Twenty fifteen rolls around. It's weird to think it's only, it was only three years between the first Avengers and this Avengers Age of Ultron. I see um, all the team um, played by the same actors are back. Joss Whedon is writing and directing again. Um, the new additions include James Spader as Ultron. Um you have Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch, or Scarlet, as the audio description constantly calls her in, the, in this film, which always bothers me. Um, and um, Aaron Taylor-Johnson as Quicksilver. And then, I guess, uh, physically, he's not technically a new addition to the MCU at this point, but physically, why is he is? Paul Bettany as Vision who had, uh, up to that point, been voicing Jarvis. Um, also a fun one, uh, Andy Serkis as uh, Ulysses Claw, but that's probably one we'll get more into uh, in future episode for a certain film. Uh, as if everyone doesn't know what that is. Exactly. <laughs> um, Yain, I'll come back as uh, we had two in a row with Yvonne. Um, I'll come to you first. What's your thoughts on uh, this uh, sequel? Is it a worthy sequel? I think it's a worthy sequel. I didn't enjoy it as much as the as the first one, but I really do like some elements of it a lot, like the sort of the fun villain, good fun villain element returning. I think works with James Spader. I think I'm saying that right. As yeah, you are. I liked that um, a lot. And I think it it's just great to see them all together again and it shows again the great interconnected nature of this of this film universe. Uh, and my nerd self is crying inside me. <laughs> um, but it's just it, it's just a really good film. I think I like, will be ranking it very highly, but I don't want to stop guffing continuously as that seems to be all I've done for this episode. So I think that way. Sure. Uh, Yvonne? Well, I, I think um, overall it's a decent film. Um, 
out of all the Avengers films, this might be my least favorite, I think. Uh, but when watching I'd agree it, with I definitely, that. yeah, but um, but I enjoy it when I'm watching it. It's just you know, um, and I especially enjoy the banter between the Avengers and um, yeah, the party scene is mm-hmm. my absolute favorite one. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just a lot of fun to see how their relationships and and the team has evolved. Um, even if it's a little sad that a lot of it has happened off screen. But I think that um, the starting sequence uh, does give a good introduction to exactly yeah. what has been happening off screen. When they're storming the Hydra base. Exactly, yeah. Nice, um, nice tag team move by um, two Chris's with Cap and Four with the shield and Muriel. Oh, I love that. Mm. Yes, the fighting is amazing. And that really shows like they've already been you know, training together and they have a, a full-on team now. Um, and the banter as well, again, with the... Um, uh, language, you know. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's really fun. Um, and then you have to flip over the motorbike handles and throwing the bike. <laughs> that's a very interesting. Yeah. You're a fan, Yvonne. Uh, yes. That's a thing. Yeah. Ultram, the villain. Mm. Um, I think uh, it was interesting that they used, they went back to this fear that Tony has and that that was sort of uh, leading up to him creating the villain. Yeah. So then you have this thing of other heroes created the villain, which uh, we know works very well in films. Um, it's a very, and, it's a very classic tale, isn't it? With not even comic book films, just action films as well. Yeah, exactly. It, it just works. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the point that I definitely wanted to make was um, the introduction to Wanda and uh, Piet- Pietro yep. Quicksilver. Yeah, no, Pietro is correct as well. Um, I just, I felt that these characters um, and with what uh, and with that, I mean, especially Wanda, as she turned out to be the only one that they wanted to kind of have a big role later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like they could have had a better of an introduction personally sure um this is sort of like the way that maria hill sums it up with oh he's fast and uh, she's magic or whatever she says uh um, he's fast she's weird she's weird right that's kind of all the audience gets as well throughout the entire film um and i feel like they could have definitely done better uh and that's kind of kind of the only negative bit that I, I can find in the film. Fair play. Um, I feel like I should step in there and uh, point out what I would, in my mind, is the most, it's the biggest negative in the film. It's not horrible by any means, but I think it is uh, the worst part of it in my mind, and that is um, the Hulk and Widow relationship. You don't like it? I, I, it, it seems weird to me. I don't know why they, why they chose it. It's not horrible, actually. This is why I'm saying like. When I say negative, I'm not thinking, you know, absolute, you know, trash, uh, as it were. You know, I, I, I don't, I would have rather them not doing it. I was glad that they seemed to be going away from it um, in uh, Infinity War. Uh, so this next film in the, uh, and when it came to the Avengers. Um I don't know, I just, I never 
loved it too much. I think uh, the Hawkeye f- thing, I didn't mind. I have to say, like the whole family thing, but it it's one of those things where they're really setting it up, aren't they, as well, to make you think he's the one who's going to die. And obviously, yeah. right until right at the last moment, and then you have Pietro obviously sacrifices himself, which is, you know, lovely stuff in the sense of, I guess, a good character, but it's almost there. Like, again, you didn't really know him that well, so it's not, it doesn't hit people as hard as, say, it would have done with someone like a Hawkeye. Yeah. I'm not saying I would have rather them kill Hawkeye. I still personally, I wouldn't mind it on the bringing characters back thing. I still. I think, unfortunately, I still wanted Quicksilver to be brought back in some way or another. At this point, it kind of doesn't matter because I just wanted Cap's kooky quartet, as it's been dubbed by comic book fans, where the um, uh, a lineup of the Avengers um, a few years after their creation was the team led by Cap with Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye. Mm. But which we which because of um, Pietro's, uh, I guess, you know, demise, uh, we never uh, got. Uh, and again, I think it's fair to say that we never will at this point uh, with, uh, you know, what uh, what happens with Steve. Uh, yeah, and I just, um, I don't know. I think... But again, it's not the worst thing. I'd agree with you with them that it's not the best. But it's, it's not horrible. I guess for groundwork, it's fine. Like I said, I've no. I think I said in the previous episode, I have no issue with their accents in this film. I know some people do. Um, what about uh, Vision as a character? With his introduction, what do you guys think, uh, Yain? Do you want to go first? Also, I mean, if you want to give your opinion on the whole Hulk and Widow thing as well, feel free. Um, yeah, uh, I think I should just mention, Callum, you seem to be cutting out so slightly. Yeah, you, so I'll try and let you know if that happens again. Um, but, but you know, uh, now you mention it, the Hulk and Widow thing, so I'll, I'll just start with this. But, um, yeah, that was kind of shoehorned in there, wasn't it? That uh, phrase. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I realise I'm uh, yeah. cutting you off while talking, but I know one thing people don't like is I get what they were going for with the monster thing, Black Widow and Assassin, but it's when she delivers it, it's when she re- the line, it's when she reveals that she can't have children, and I know that rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way. Because it's there like, oh, you can't have children. You're, you know, you're a monster sort of thing. And I know that's, I'm pretty sure that's not what the intent was. The intent, but, but I can see why. Yeah, I don't think it was delivered very well, in my mind. No. Um, the one thing I thought they should have done, or at least in retrospect, I suppose, I'm thinking now they should have done it. If they were going to make that a thing, why didn't they then do a Black Widow Museum? Oh, that would have been better. I think that would have been the time. To do it. Yeah, but, I mean that's a whole other thing, isn't it? Like, I think people were clamoring for a Black Widow film, especially after the Winter Soldier, and even more so after this film. And that's that's definitely one weakness, I think, um, of the MCU as a whole is that 
they didn't do the Black Widow film sooner. So yeah, I feel like if they were going to really shoehorn that element in, it could have been expanded on or at least commented on a Black Widow film, and that would have been the time to do it. Um, but logistics, whether that was not to be. Um, so now I think back on it, yeah, that's that's why I have an issue with that relationship, and also just because I don't, know, it just didn't need to be there. And as you say, the way it was delivered was kind of weird and annoyed a few people. Anyway, what were you actually asking me before I start rambling? <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, I forgot myself. Um, vision? vision, vision, yes. There we go. Good. We have Yvonne. Well done. <laughs> On the one stable person here. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Um, Vision, I think, I really enjoyed his introduction. Again, they're now expanding, or they have expanded on him and his relationships when it comes to things like One Division, and I really enjoyed that because I, I, I think it's made me like Vision as a character even more. But I think. Uh, his introduction was good, and I would have liked to see more of him uh, in the films. But I do like the expansion they're doing, and I, I'm glad that even if we couldn't have done them chronologically, we are getting things like Black Widow and stuff expanded. And I like that he was able to lift the hammer. I just think that was a really interesting call. Back, obviously, the party scene, and it worked well for what it was. Mm. Yeah. Do you got any thoughts on Vision, Yvonne? Uh, not really. I just, I just kind of liked the the way that he <laughs> was able to lift uh, Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just that that's the only thing that stood out to me. Yeah, that's fair. I will say as well, like I guess while we're talking about uh, androids and robots um, on Ultron, I think Spade is very good in the role. Uh, I don't mind the comedy element. I mean, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm a big a big fan of the MCU. But I can understand why some people were not fans, because especially with the trailers we got, I don't think... There, it was very much... Um, Ultron, I think, was very much depicted as being what I'd say we got with Thanos, where, you know, the big a big bad, like, really, you know, menacing and stuff. And don't get me wrong, like, he was still menacing and sure, like, the... I think at this point the whole uh, robots trying to wipe out humanity has become, you know, a bit cliche. Uh, but I think it's, um, you know, I think it was, I, st- I still thought it was done reasonably well. I think probably helped by the acting, to be fair. Like I said, Spade is great. Robert Downey Jr. as, I, as Tony is obviously great as always. But, you know. Because even like like just simple lines like you know, you know, no one's no, no one's getting broken here, and it's like clearly you never made an omelet, uh, you know, it's like that kind of thing. Are you cut out when you said no one's getting broken here and then you died? Oh, sorry, just a second. So, uh, even with uh, lines such as you know, someone go four goes, you know, so like no, something along the lines of nothing needs to be broken here, and then I'll. Ultron just goes, you know, clearly you've never made an omelette. Mm. It's just like stuff like that that always made me laugh. Or even like the thing, you know, it's just that people fear what they, you know, you know, can't understand. And then, you know, it's just they're like, you know, uh, people fear smaller people? Children. I almost forgot what they were. Uh, 
just like you know that that kind of like create all the people. Yeah, yeah, like create, yeah, create what they can't stand. That's sort of thing. Um, mm. as far as like yeah, war creates peace and all that stuff. I think that's what it was. But, um, yeah, I think we're potentially uh uh using some filler here. So um, Yon, as you started off, what's your thoughts on um? Age of Ultron, where would you rank it? I mean, yeah, uh, I think it was still a worthy sequel and a good film, but it's not as good as the first one. So, with that in mind, I'd probably put it in category two. Amazing, although I'm pretty sure I'll be the minority on that front. <laughs> uh, Yvonne, no minority at all because I want to put it in amazing, <laughs> um, just because of the thing with Wanda and Pietro. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think if, if it was up to me, I probably would have put it maybe top of friendly instead. But I'd be happy to say it was a uh, bomb of amazing. I think again, it's I think it's a decent enough sequel. Uh, I've never understood the attitude of some people where they're like, if it's not as good as the first, then it's a failure. That's not how it works, <laughs> you know. And I think for a lot of people, definitely myself, and I think safe to say for you two as well you know the first Avengers set a really high bar you know and you know smash that glass ceiling as it were yes and you know if this one could even you know get close to the glass ceiling that would be a decent you know enough follow up Um, no cool so uh, we also come to our uh, final film uh in phase two, uh, Ant Man, uh, and um, this is uh, directed by Peyton Reed. Obviously, it was originally supposed to be directed by Edgar Wright. Um, as a result, the film was written by himself uh, and Joe Cornish, but it had been, um, I think, edited by Adam McKay. For those who don't know, he directed such films as Anchorman, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights. <clears throat> so you can see why they probably brought him in. Um, but also Paul Rudd um, contributed to the script. Uh, he was, uh, plays our titular character. We have Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. Evangeline Lilly as uh, Hope uh, Van Dyne. Um, uh, and the villain uh, is played by uh, Corey Stoll. Stoll, I think that's how you say it. Um, and yeah, I think I'll. I guess I'll start on this one because I'll just get out of the way. Um, I'm a huge fan of this film. I'm a huge fan of the Ant Man character, uh, which I know some people laugh at him, and obviously they do, and I get why. Um, you know, Ant Man. Just people think it doesn't sound that great. I would argue though that. Uh, a lot of superhero names, if you really tear them down to their core, are a bit silly. You know, I don't. I would argue that if you really look at it, if you really look at it, I'd argue Spider Man and Batman are no better. That's just in my mind. Um, and there's even sillier ones. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I think um, all the actors do a great job. Um, this film succeeds in making you care about an ant, um, which you know I think really cannot be understated. 
um, as an achievement. Uh, and I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, obviously, uh, your, uh, Scott Lang's, uh, crew, um, Michael Pena playing Luis. Um, uh, I don't know the other two actors' names, but playing Dave and Kirk. Is it Kirk or Kurt? Um, Kurt, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Kurt. Um, you know, I, um, they're they're a good for a laugh. And yeah, I, I don't. I, what I really enjoy about this film is it does well at showing two different uh, father daughter dynamics. You have Scott with Cassie and obviously Hank and Hope. And uh, yeah, I just think the correlation between them is done very well. Uh, Yvonne, what's your thoughts? I think this is a great film. Mm. Um, I agree with you on on literally everything. (laughs) I think it's just, it's funny and it makes you care about an aunt. (laughs) Yeah. It shows how good it is. Um, you know, it, it introduces technology really well and in a funny way as well through the thief being completely unaware of what it is. Um, and then it, somehow the thief ends up being the hero. Um, and it's just, you know, and then Paul Rudd um, bringing all these previous awkward comedy roles that he's played into his role here. Uh, you can't ignore what actor has done before of course but it really works um and he you know it's just he's he's a great actor even when he's a hero yeah um i think for me personally the only thing that was negative was that uh, the first time i watched it i was a little disappointed that it wasn't hank pym who was going to be in the suit yeah uh, because of my love for him but yes. then paul rudd comes into the picture and he steals your heart so <laughs> i didn't mind it yeah no i mean i'd agree with you when they when they again i was uh listening to movie news and stuff and casting so i knew before going into the film that you know scott lang was in it so, and therefore was going to be like actually ant-man in this film and like you said i was disappointed Hank wasn't going to be him because I think, like you, uh, my first introduction to the character was the cartoon Avengers vs. Mice Heroes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say again, if you have Disney Plus, go and watch it if you're into superhero stuff. Um, it's so good. It's really good. Really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, that, that was my first introduction. So I was disappointed that, you know, him and uh, Janet Van Dyne weren't going to be Ant Man and the Wasp. However, yeah, it is done really well, and I, I get what they were going for. It's it, you know, this is a different dynamic to I think what they've done in any of the other MCU films up to this point, where it's an old, an older person giving the mantle to someone. You know, rather than you know have the Hank Pym film be first and then down the line pass the mantle to Scott, they do it right from the beginning. And you know, obviously, we do get the fact you know Hank was Ant Man back in the day. Um, so yeah, I, I think it worked for what it was. Yeah, and I think if they if they had done an origin film like full on with Hank Pym, then it would have just been a little boring because we're moving away a little bit from those or slightly, you know, the origin film. Yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking about what I was saying. I was like, no, not really. But 
it's but it's, in the Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose that's something we could probably. I think there's definitely examples of where you could argue it is and it isn't when it comes to phase three. So we will get to that. Um, yeah. In the yeah. next couple of episodes. Um. But yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I don't really. Um, I think I have to say on what you said. Uh, Yain, do you um, uh, you know, wanna uh, say your piece on the film? Yeah, um, I love Paul Rand just generally an actor, and uh, <laughs> I didn't expect him to like. This is going to sound like I'm gushing way too much, but <laughs> I didn't expect him to bulk up as much as I think he did. Like when you first when you first see him, it's quite. I thought it was quite obvious how much he bulked up. I don't know how. Sure. Well I mean, I feel like if you're going to give credit yeah. for that, I feel like I mean, obviously all of them deserve credit, but um, for the shape they get into for the films, but. You know, I guess we'll give props to Chris Pratt in Guys of Galaxy as well. Um, oh, yeah. For that. Because obviously he transformed really well as well. Yeah. And I think that I was done quite well because I've only ever seen Paul Rudd in just kind of American style, goofy comedies. Yeah. And there's just Michael Douglas as, as Hank Pippen is great. Mm. Just the lines. One, there's just. Like obviously the first line they really interact with oh the world looks different from down here doesn't it Scott and it's just Scott freaking out and it's I thought that was completely mental even if he doesn't even want a mentor it's like why is this voice in my head <laughs> going yeah. on and I, then you just the lines like I've spent my life trying to keep this technology out of the hands of anyone dangerous out of the hands of the Stark I'm sure as hell not going to hand it back to one now mm-hmm. and it shows how much he wants to be a hero, but hates modern heroes because thinks they can be really sanctimonious. And I just really liked that element. I think I would like to see, I just want to see more Hank Pym and Scott's dynamic as much as possible for as long as possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, this film was really funny. I had a really good, small film. No pun intended, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, so it's, uh, it had to be done. It's also, like I said, it's a really good palate cleanser after, I guess, the um, the world-ending um, prospect of Age of Ultron. Hmm. Um, and yeah. somebody said to me, and I think I still agree with this to this day, in the final scene where you're not sure if... Um, spoilers, I guess, for anyone watching this, <laughs> listening to this even, and not knowing. <laughs> but oh, We're doing spoilers in this, don't worry, we'll give... You know. The final scene where... <laughs> You see him, like, not sure if he's going to come back from the quantum realm. That is one of those scenes where the film is so sort of small time and the stakes are small time. You could kind of see that character being so inexperienced. You could kind of see that happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where somebody like yeah. Iron Man Avengers, you wouldn't be able to see him finally, you know, uh, losing his life so early on in the first phase. But you could see that happening to a smaller character that's just been introduced. So it made you care about the stakes again in that in that moment. It was just done really well. And it made you care about an ant. I'm going to stop saying that now. But, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it can be understated, as I said. Um, it, you know, caring about Anthony. Um, I will say, um, I think the whole shrinking and enlarging stuff is done very well too. You obviously have the tank on the keychain, um, you know, that Hank has. 
Uh, you you know you have the uh, Thomas the Tank Engine in the house. Uh, the ant, which they then, which Cassie then keeps as a pet. Um, <laughs> afterwards, you know, it's one ugly ass dog. Um, yeah, and I also when it comes to the larger stuff, you know, I I don't know. It always tickles me that the discs that make things grow bigger are blue, and I'll let you work that out for yourself. Ah, uh, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not the one who did it. Just, it was Paul Rudd and Adam McKay working on the script and Edgar Wright beforehand. I'm pretty sure they did that intentionally. Oh, they absolutely did that intentionally. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but... Oh, you're right. Uh, and we obviously we get the. Um, I didn't mention uh, as far as post credit scenes with Age of Ultron. It's pretty nothing. Thanos grabbing the gauntlet, all that stuff. Um, but this one. I don't know, uh, you know, really gets you set up for phase three with the, uh, you know, Sam and Steve with Bucky in the warehouse sort of uh, setting up Civil War, which was next to come. Obviously, that's uh, for our following episode. Uh, when it comes to this film, then, uh, where are we thinking? Um, Yvonne, I'll ask you first. Uh, I think I'm going to put this in Superior. Okay. Definitely. All right. Uh, Yain? Yeah, I think I have to do, um, I have to echo that sentiment because I just, I've always really, really liked this film and I want it the more I like it, so I have to give credit to that. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be in superior then for majority. I admit, I may have said top of amazing, but. I, you know, I have no qualms in it being in superior. I do think it's slightly underrated um, and underappreciated, probably because it's Ant Man. Um, I know I had many debates um, around the time the f- film was coming out. I had many debates with people at uh, college, uh, you know, saying to them, you know, trying trying to convince them why Ant Man is a, you know a good character and how the ability is actually a lot better than some seem to think. A lot of people, they're like, oh, he just shrinks. It's they're like, he shrinks and he keeps the abilities of a person. So, and also controlling insects really is nothing to sniff at. Oh, absolutely not. And like I said, the chair the versatility of it very well. So. Oh, very much so. Yeah, I don't say that. I like all the, yeah, all the different ants that they have. Obviously, you have fire ants, uh, uh, carpenter <laughs> ants. I do not remember what they're called, but I feel bad for this guy. <laughs> Same. Exactly. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. Um, so, see, that's um, we finished uh, tier ranking all films of Phase 2. To uh, clarify, um, nothing in Carnage and Venomous. Um, let the um, you know, accusing of bias commence. Uh, Indeed. Yes, <laughs> then in Friendly, we have uh, Iron Man Free and For the Dark World. I think um, I said my piece at the time that I would say Iron Man Free is above the Dark World. Uh, what, what about you two? What would you say? Oh, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. yes, I realised for you, you put it in superior. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, that is a fair. Yain, yourself? Yeah, I think I'd agree with that notion. I think yeah. that it does. It does. Okay. Um, then we've got Avengers Age of Ultron 
in Amazing. And then we've got uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ant-Man, all three in Superior. Again, let's uh, say, um, what would the order be for people when it comes to those films? Uh, Yain, we'll start with you. I think you have to be a Winter Soldier, Ant-Man, and then Guardians. Okay, for me. that's fair. Yvonne? Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. Fair play. Um, I think just because I prefer, um, I guess, what would be said to be fun over serious. Not saying the Winter Soldier doesn't have moments of fun, but I think for me, I do prefer Guardians to Winter Soldier. Um, but they are, but it's it's like, is not even neck and neck um, when it comes to, you know, them racing each other. And then Ant-Man is a bit behind as much as I... I also did gush over it a lot, and I do think it is great, but I do prefer uh, Guardians and uh, The Winter Soldier. Uh, so yeah, that's obviously um, the end of this episode. Uh, please uh, join us next time, where we will be doing Phase 3. Uh, and like the Avengers, acquiring more members to face the bigger task of taking on Thanos as we have 11 films instead of six, we will be acquiring one or two, uh, you know, more as well. But, uh, until next week, thank you for listening. And, uh, thank you again for joining me, Yvonne and Yoin. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. That was Watching With No Eyes. If you haven't combusted at anything we said, it would be very much appreciated. If you can like, share, and rate the episode, you can follow me on Twitter, at TheBlindBrennan. Whether you want to yell at me or have a civilized conversation, or you could write a strongly worded email to TheBlindBrennan at gmail.com. If you're wanting a podcast with a different subject, why not check out Listen With Your Eyes, where myself and guests discuss what it's like living with a disability. Now by all means go, but please join us again next time.